Hey there, I want to invite you to join me for the Strategic Summer Workshop, which is taking place on Thursday, May 30th at 1130 Eastern. You can go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer to sign up. In this workshop, I'm going to walk you through how to identify simple solutions and systems that will make a massive difference and ripple effect inside of your center. I'm going to help you create efficiency where you need it most and understand what is causing your school to feel so hectic and where those big pain points are. We're going to clarify your center's priority system to improve this summer. I'm going to show you how to audit those systems. We're going to define your desired outcomes, and you're going to leave the workshop with a simple plan that will make huge impact. And by simple, I mean very simple. No complex, no multi-step processes. Super, super simple. No one has time for long things. No one has brain capacity for extra stuff. We need simple things that have massive impact. Go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer, and I'll see you there. Welcome to the Schools of Excellence podcast, where we have conversations about education, leadership, and building a school of excellence. The goal on this show is to bring you clarity, up-level your mindset, and give you practical strategies and inspiration so you can show up with confidence and trust your decision-making. I'm Khani Wolshansky. I'm a mom of four under 10, a former New Yorker, and been in the early childhood field my entire life. And I'm so grateful that you've joined me for this conversation. Hey there, welcome back to another episode of the Schools of Excellence podcast. Today is another member spotlight with an amazing owner, Aaliyah Johnson Roberts. So Aaliyah is the owner of two centers, Pratt Street Learning Center and Bustleton Learning Center in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And Aaliyah has 36 staff members and 225 children total in both locations. And she has a pretty significant sized leadership team. She has six people on her leadership team. Aliyah has been part of our Owners HQ program and then transitioned into our CEO Legacy Group since June of 2020. And in today's conversation, we talk about the massive ROI that Aliyah has really seen since joining the program. Um, she actually talks about how she has tripled her income and has had the most profitable year ever in her center, which is wild. And in our conversation, you'll hear why. So I hope you stay to listen through the end of the conversation. She talks about how she implemented some really great boundaries and created a work-life balance that she is proud of. She has time and space to think about other business ventures because she's really removed herself uh, from the day-to-day operations. And so she's really living this what owner life is about and what it means to be a CEO, which is to build these strong foundations, these right systems, to hire the right leadership team, to see your income triple and have the most profitable year ever, and also have the time and space to look into other business ventures. She's been able to strategically think about her legacy, who can help her take over when she exits, and how she wants to continue to invest in the team. Today's conversation is for any owner who is looking to get out of the day-to-day operations, who understands they are meant for more, who has a bigger, brighter, bolder legacy and dream that they want to go after, but is not seeing it possible, today's conversation is for you. So I hope you enjoy my conversation with Aaliyah Roberts. So I would love to hear from you. Take us back to, I believe it was March of 2021, when you first joined Build to Last training. What was going on in your center at the time before you joined our Owners HQ program? What was going, we were in, we were in the building phase, I think. It's so interesting. You asked that question and I'm like, March of 2020. Wow. Yeah, I, I think at that time we were maybe coasting, if you will, like we were okay. But I am definitely one who continues quality improvement or just building and figuring out how we could improve. Also, I personally was very busy. So I definitely wanted to not only seek out improvement opportunities for the program, but for myself, because the more we grew with staff and children, that meant, well, I'm being mindful of my words now because it didn't necessarily mean that it was more on me, but you usually take it on first and then you kind of divvy it up from there. So I wanted to begin to learn how to uh, be more productive, 
manage my time and my role better, as well as building up my team. So that's where we were. We were okay. Like we were comfortable. We were going to be building and we needed to improve practices and procedures. How was some of the busyness? I know you and I, when we chatted a while back, we were talking about how the busyness was impacting your personal life, the quality of life with your spouse and your children. So we'd love to hear a little bit about how that was impacting you in a way that made you want to seek out, uh, we need to do something about this. I don't, I don't like the way this is working. Yeah, you know, honestly, I realized, and I think I shared this with you before, I realized that it wasn't necessarily a requirement, this heavy requirement of me, but I was making it a requirement that just wasn't totally necessary, right? So I really could have came in, had my, you know, to-dos or my goals for the day and been been completed by, I don't know, three, four o'clock. But I would find myself here five, six o'clock wondering why am I still sitting here and it was not productive. And then I, I realized that I was taking away time that I could have been with my family. So I really had to shift how I was showing up, how I was thinking and how I was responding, if you will. I was putting a lot more attention to the business that honestly didn't really need me and not really towards my family who did. Yeah, it's so interesting because I remember one of the conversations that we had was about reshifting where you're finding significance. Yes. And yes. I, I would love for you to, to to share with, just to share with everyone that conversation because that I remember, I still remember that conversation. Oh my goodness. Right. It, it is amazing to be able to look back through all of it since that time. And there has been so much growth, so many aha moments and, and so many conversations that we've had. But, you know, I remember there being times when I would, I look at all of these children and staff as kind of like my responsibility. Like, you know, I know they're not my children, you know, I didn't birth them or anything, but I really definitely took them personally. Spiritual children. Yeah, right, and still do. But again, I was, I just was not really looking at the needs of my children and my husband and my family. And if, if I, okay, if I have to be honest, taking them for granted. Right. It's like you guys know I'm working. Right. I'm working. Right. You know what I'm trying to do. So you understand that didn't make it okay. So I would realize it at moments. And of course, there were times when it was like, uh oh, you know, maybe I waited too late to to recognize it. I don't think it's too late, but I would recognize it in moments. Right. And I think now it's more balanced. So when there are periods, right, it's back to school time. So I am here some days longer than others, right? But because I've, you know, shifted my attention and my productivity and where my focus has been, because I'm doing it better when those times come, I don't, it balances out, if you will. Whereas though before, it was not balanced at all, at all. And it was so unnecessary, just really unnecessary. And I found myself creating more of a burden on myself, right? It was like, nobody told me that I needed to be here it, it just was not a need. And I was creating this feeling of, I have to be here, but I need to be here to close also. And they need my support because then they're going to feel like I, I created all of this stuff that just wasn't true. And, yeah. um, but I didn't create that narrative for my family. How beautiful, right? Yeah. yeah. So just really, really powerful. So when you first joined, you joined our Owners HQ program. And then after our live event in March of 2022, you transitioned into our legacy group. So I'd love for you to share a little bit about your experience in our Owners HQ program, some of those core foundational skills that you really learned and started to practice inside of your center during that time. Oh my goodness. I think this is why I love right, making these investments in myself and my in my program, because right, I remember going through the program with the pyramid. Just I loved being able to even visualize where we were or even kind of feel out where we were. So I I really loved that process. There were so many resources. um, You know, I love kind of courses, right? So I love the fact that there were visuals, there were um, resources, there were like the videos because then I could kind of feel, you know, I had moments to pause it and feel. And then there were also documents, right? There were just so many different tools that could be used, but I definitely think that that pyramid process where, okay, this is where we are. And then I could say, you know what, maybe I don't want to be here on the pyramid. I want to work towards this. And I think it allowed for that. 
it allow, you know, instead of sometimes we get stuck in, in we want to go somewhere else. We don't necessarily know where to go or how. And it really gave gave me the opportunity to do that. And it also in the community. I mean, come on, the meetings and the conversations and the community just really made everything well-rounded. So it was a great space to be in, one that I, I didn't necessarily know that I needed. When I joined the workshop, it was like, oh, I want to join the workshop because I could use that. But I ended up finding that there was so much more that could really benefit me individually as a leader, as a mother, as a woman, all of those things. So it was very well-rounded. I think this is so interesting that you're bringing up this component of community because I talk about this endlessly, how people join for one thing and don't realize how much the community enhances and enriches their life. So I'd love if you have maybe a specific story, an example to share with us of how community, this community specifically, has really brought more of this purpose and meaning and connection into your life. All right, because it, it's a little bit of both. I, I yeah. definitely... Right. A lot of times we sit at right my office, my four walls and my building in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. All of those things feel like I am the only one. Right. I mean, I'm the only one experiencing this. But then you get into this community of people who are saying the same thing, feeling the same way that first of all, it's like, oh, my goodness. Right. So now I could totally be open and vulnerable because there's this safe space. And then, right, no one came with this, right? It wasn't based on complaints or anything. It was, this is kind of what's going on and everyone's seeking resolution. So we're all trying to figure out where, um, how it could get better. And so that in itself just allowed for just a, a vulnerability that sometimes in this business, even though we work with children and there's, you know, emotions and social emotional balancing and all of that, Sometimes you just don't feel like you have a, a space where you as an individual could be vulnerable because I'm the leader. It's like I, I have to have it together, but not in this space. So I realized right in these meetings that we had a group of people all over the U.S. and even Canada and right. They were from all over experiencing the same thing. I was like, oh, my goodness. So there's validation. <laughs> so I didn't feel as bad, but I also felt a community, a growth community also, right? It's so many different things. This wasn't this space, this negative space where we could all dump and leave. No, we came with our commonalities and we, you know, connected and got to hear stories. And sometimes, again, it's one of those, I didn't even know I had that question. Or when the question was answered, it was a resolution for me as well that I did, may not have even known was a problem or an issue. And it's like, oh my gosh, I was feeling the same way. I didn't even have the words for it. And you just got what you needed before you got off the call. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, those were the, um, like the, uh, the, the directors, meet, the owners meetings. Yeah. And, and then, right, the directors one. Am I going off tangent if I bring no, it over? No, okay. you you want. Go ahead. Okay. This so, is your time. so the lovely part is I... Because there are a lot of trainings and a lot of things that I engage in individually. But how great is it to bring your team or to bring your other leaders, right? So to know that my director could experience the same thing so that we could, so that she could get what she needed without me, because I am a firm believer of my um, team, everyone being able to get what they need individually and not just what I impart to them. So and I also believe that they need to have a space without me being there so that they could be open and honest and vulnerable and get what they need. I don't need to police them, you know, and I don't want them to feel like they can't share because I'm in the room. So we were in separate meetings, but she was able to also experience the learning that I was and to be able to grow in her role, which was amazing. And then and then there were like different experts that came on that, you know, that we really didn't have to go out and find somewhere else that was just integral to the business. So again, one of those things where, oh my goodness, I get all of these things and they all tie together to allow me to not be here all day. I can leave and go to my family and not have a level of guilt, but really feel proud, productive, and not like a machine. Because I, I said in my other podcast that um I came on, that's what got me the, the first day. That's what got me was you are human. You are not a machine. And that was like, I know it was so many people in the room, but that was for me. 
you were speaking to me. So, <laughs> so all of those things really helped me get back to being human. Yeah. And I feel very human today. I love that. Tell me a little bit more about your experience with community at the event, because, you know, there's so many different kinds of conferences. And I know that a lot of people are thinking about what event should I go to? What should I invest in? Is it is it valuable? How is this really different? Everyone tries to say that they're different. So I know you've you've been around the the gamut of, of conferences and what made the Summit of Excellence so different and unique for you? Oh, my goodness. Oh, it was amazing. Like, so I love that you call it an event because it was not a conference. It was not. It was the community coming together to just, you know, now we are face to face and we're having these these same, you know, it's interesting because it wasn't a very small group, but it was intimate. It, it was intimate. And I felt like it was speaking to the human, right? You know, we were in there, there were tears. There were, we sat at our table. We really got, we had moments where you were like, okay, we're going to, you shared information. And then we had to kind of pause and be quiet and think. And we've spoken about that before is that in our work, we do not oftentimes get pause moments where it's like, okay, now think, how, how do you feel about that? How do you, and it's like, oh my goodness, no one ever asked me how I feel. So we had those moments and I was at a table with other owners and executive directors, like multi-site owners, which was amazing because a lot of times I don't really get to have conversations with other multi-site owners. And again, they were not from my area. So I loved having those conversations. And then we had, again, the, these intimate moments, right? We had the evening where we danced. We learned, um, it was a uh, line dance. Line yeah, dancing. Line dancing. Yes. Oh my goodness. And we got to, we were dressed up and um, then the fireside chat where, oh my goodness, we really got to tap into some personal moments but they all were aligned, right? By the time everyone was going like, oh my goodness, me too. So we had these growth moments that were so personal, but we were so connected. Wow. And it was just phenomenal. So I I brought my mom and my other director. So my mom is my yeah. co-owner and I brought my director and I was intentional about bringing them because A, I did not want to be the only one to experience this. And I wanted us to have an opportunity to be on the same page, right? So when, you know, we all, you know, experienced it and even heading back to the airport, we unpacked what we all took away. And I also wanted that to be a building moment, sorry, a building moment for like my mom and my director. I have relationships yeah. with everyone, yeah. but everyone doesn't have opportunities to kind of build with one another. So I, I, that's what I wanted for them. And, and they, they, they received it as well. So it was, it's just been magical that I've been able to have these experiences and build community, but they have as well. So yeah, the live event was just, oh my goodness. It was so, we were so full when we left. We were so mm. full. I love that. Such a like tired, but grateful, full, satisfied kind of feeling. Um, yes. which is the best feeling. Like, it's just, you're so tired from the hard work, but you are so satisfied, which which I love. How did your culture really start to develop as you transitioned after the live event into legacy, um, but also taking those foundational skills from owners? How have you really seen your admin team culture and then in general, just the culture of both of your centers evolve over time? So what I think happened and is happening because, you know, my team is, you know, I, it's, as many people as I can add to this, I will. Sure. But what I love is a lot of times in this industry, we get a lot of trainings. We get trainings where we earn these professional development hours and we learn about child development and we learn about all these things that sometimes, many times I don't feel is related to us personally. Mm -hmm. And what I love is that bringing my team on, we were able to not only talk about the organization's culture and like core values and, and kind of build the organization, we've been able to tap into ourselves and internally about how we feel and our boundaries and um, our experiences and kind of unpack some things. Because what I learned going through this process and even having you amongst my team is that we needed to spend more time understanding each other individually mm. but it's, it's difficult to understand one another individually if you also don't understand 
what's going on within yourself. So the boundaries conversation was just amazing. And I was able to share with you where we were and to have someone outside of the organization kind of see it and then give some insight really helped us to be able to connect on a deeper level, not just we're the admin team, we're connected because of our positions. No, and not that we have to be friends or best friends or anything, but gain this level of respect and this admiration and honor for who who each other are as they show up, I think is happening. You know, the team, you meant, we mentioned at the beginning six, we started as two and then we went to three. And now that we're at six, it is it is a lot of work. It, it really is. And it, it hasn't been the easiest. We're, we're progressing. But I love the fact that we are not, first of all, I love that we're not progressing in this normal fashion, if you will. Yeah, um, yeah. We're not taking the normal yeah. road. We're like, no, you know, no. no, we're digging deeper. Let's, you yeah. know, how, yeah. let's get to the bottom of that. Yeah. <laughs> what is that called? You know, how does that feel? And you gave homework. We had homework that was not like go home and it had nothing to do with the organization. It was about you. Like, what is it that you could do in that moment when you feel this way? And those are the type of tools that I think is um, so important as we navigate this work, because we don't know what tomorrow will bring. We don't know what the school year will bring. And that's why when we had this meeting with my team, it was before the school year started. And so I want to, before we go deeper into that, I want to talk about a few questions before that, actually. Sure. So I'm going to just okay. interrupt you for a second here. So, because I want to give some context first. Um, okay. So people understand what we're talking about. Yeah. So you were in our owner's program. You came mm-hmm. to the Summit of Excellence. You transitioned mm-hmm. into our legacy group. And then you made the decision to invest in a leadership day for your administration team, right? For your admin leadership team. Why, what was that moment of realization that you were saying, okay, I want to do this with schools of excellence. I want to do this leadership day as opposed to figuring out yourself or working with other options or whatever it was. Like what what made you decide I need to do this investment? We need to spend a full day together. Uh, Because what you offer isn't, I haven't seen it. And I haven't seen it anywhere else. I haven't experienced I can't even, I don't, I don't even know what to call it, but it, it's, you know what, it's um holistic. I'll say that. Mm. I feel like it's holistic. And I want, especially after, after the pandemic, I wanted so much more than just professional development. And I saw where my team was and I, I knew where I wanted them to go, but I didn't want it to just be surface. Mm-hmm. And I wanted it to be long lasting and mm-hmm. I wanted it to be meaningful to them individually. And I felt like, you know, what I had been experiencing, I wanted them to experience. Yeah. So that's why I was like, oh, it's worth it is worth the investment because I already know if I don't make the investment, then we're going to spend all of this time, money, energy, frustrate, all these things that just cost so much more. What? No, no. We're going to have, (laughs) we're going to have this day. We're all going to work together all day and we are going to have conversations. We are going to be honest. We're going to be open with the intent to build. And And also comes with follow through. This isn't just professional development. We have a full year together now that we are going, I think our first follow-up is next month or coming up in a few weeks. I don't know exactly, but that's the other thing that is so different about the leadership day is that we spend the full day together with this holistic approach. We do the diagnostic beforehand. Um, but then there's the follow through the accountability, the consistent implementation, which really brings everything full circle. Absolutely. And that's what, I, that's what I loved about it as well. It was not a one-off. There will be, you know, follow up. And then of course I love too, that, you know, now we have someone right that I respect and I purposely did not want to lead it. I wanted it to be someone external um, who had skills that could really help us unpack some things that maybe I didn't even see, or maybe that we individually didn't see about ourselves individually and as a team. So it was just phenomenal. And you mentioned the follow-up. That was the reason too. It was like, this will last all year. And then it's a level of accountability as well. So we all go through this process together then we each have a sense of accountability to follow yeah. through. And, and that's what I, I loved about that. I also think, lastly, um, this was a way of kind of 
showing them, right? I'm making the investment because you guys are that important to me. And, um, you know, my hope was that we go through this process so that when needed, we're able to do it with the rest of the team. Yes. So, you know, right. So I thought it was a great example of how we kind of, you know, build together and yeah, it's working. Yeah. So I want to talk about the topic that we chose and, and, and all of that, because I've done leadership days many, many times before. And this is the first time we've done this kind of specific topic. Many times when I do the leadership days, it's very focused on kind of a lot of tactical leadership implementation, like how to create your calendar or your time or, you know, higher levels of accountability. But you're like, no, we're going a completely different direction. I want to work on this. So tell us a little bit about what we worked on together on that day and why you chose that direction for your leadership team. So I knew, I'm trying to think of how I worded it. I don't remember what we called it, but I know that I knew where the team was going. This was the first time we were starting the school year with this full team, right? This Mm -hmm. is the largest admin team we've ever had. And everyone had not been exposed to this type of personal development, right? All of it, because that's what was happening. Everyone hadn't been exposed to it. So I wanted us to do it together. But I knew that we were experiencing some things that were not about specifically work issues, if you will. I knew it was, these were, they weren't very surface issues. They were, it was some things going on personally between team members that was standing in the way of us progressing. Yeah. And, you know, I was like, nope, we need to get to the bottom of it before we yeah. go any further. I believe in each of you individually and what you are capable of and your skills and things like that. And all of those things are beautiful on paper. But what we're experiencing within the team, in order for us to really be able to progress, we really have to get to the bottom of what's going on. We also needed a moment because every other time we're busy. So, right, we needed time to be able to unpack or even have conversations about what was going on or maybe what it even stemmed from. And that's what I think, you know, I share with you, this is where we are. That's what I want to talk about. Even during the day, I don't know if I'm going too far, but even no, during no, the no. day. Great, no, yeah. Right, so at one point, you know, we really, we really started getting to the bottom of an issue between some staff And, you know, it was kind of time to move on. But I was like, you know what, if we had to spend the rest of the day on this so that we can get past it, I prefer to do that. And then we'll follow up with everything else. I really wanted to get to the bottom of whatever may, you know, may have been felt by individuals just so we could get, get that's all I wanted to do. So the thing that's so interesting that I want people to understand is we really worked on building trust from a very different layer. This wasn't about, you know, classic team building where we're hugging or sharing balloons or or things like that, which are which is all fine and good. I'm not I'm not putting that down. This was having conversations on trust of why do you struggle with trusting the other person? Where do you struggle to trust yourself that it's hard for you to give grace to someone else? We dug into boundaries. We dug into understanding intelligence and regulation and how we regulate our own nervous systems. This was truly about each individual leader and then how they work together as the team because they're role modeling this for their staff who are role modeling this for the children. So we took such a different layer on conflict management, on how we're you know resolving conflict with each other, on emotional drama, on gossip, and really just going into all these things that are very, very scary to dive into, which is why most professional development talks about so many other topics, because it's safe. It's safe. Anytime I talk about these things, I'm jumping into a minefield. Every single time I say a prayer before I go and do these trainings, because (laughs) it is a minefield. I don't know what anyone's going to say. I don't know what each person's going to end up saying to each other. I don't know the biases or backstories or so many other things that are going on. I am clueless. I am going in with the intention of this is the purpose of what we're coming in for, but it's a minefield. And this is why so many people won't say yes to a training like this because it's terrifying. But on the other side of it, wow. Yes. How much more terrifying is it though to never uncover it and we just keep trying to layer everything else on top of it, right? Like, Yeah, yeah. I'm not yeah. Not yeah. <laughs> so when you think about, I'm not such a fan of the word ROI, but I do know that in business it's it's used often. And so when you think about, okay, where am I seeing 
some of the significant returns on the investment in owners in legacy and the leadership day because obviously you know you've made different um, investments over the last little bit where do you really see the return let's start with your own just mental and emotional well-being and then we'll go to some other areas oh that's first and foremost that that is first and foremost the um personal right like a, you know i i know the business stuff I, I know that not that it can't get better. I've def, I've learned on both levels, personal and um, business. However, a lot of times in this business and being an owner and a leader, many times we forget about self. Yeah. And that's what I've been able to tap into is, is these moments, right? I, I remember asking you like, oh my goodness, you, you do so well with the like pausing and breathing. I noticed it and it was like, oh my gosh, oh my, I want to be able to do that because at some point we don't even really breathe. We just keep going and going. We really don't. Yeah, yeah. I still remember the assignment that you gave me. And these are the examples of the ROI because they could seem really small, but they are so monumental. And, you know, right, because I'm a meetings girl, like I love meeting. And you were like, have a meeting with yourself, schedule it with yourself, you know, quiet. I have a sunroom in my bedroom. And then my scheduled time is to take time to have a meeting with myself if that's what I need to call it to do it. Yes. And it's that moment to like think, reflect again, how do I feel? The first time I completed the assignment, I realized how beautiful it was outside of my bedroom window. Mm. Been there five years. This was a couple of months ago. Why? Because I have never really took the time to just pause, sit and look out the window. My, I have my, it's, it's set up beautifully. I don't get to enjoy it um, yeah. or I did it, but it became intentional. Like, no, nope, no, nope. wake up before everyone else so that I can get my time. That is the example of an ROI. Typically we may not look at it that way, but those moments allow me to be that much better when I'm interacting with my family or at work. So there were so many things that I was able to learn about myself and then once I learn and realize how it's impacted me, then I can share it with my team. Yeah. We do so much more, like, and not just mental health, it's like wellness. And we do so many other things that are not in our quality standards requirements. We do so many other things that, that ensures that we are not treating ourselves like machines, but we are human, right? Again, I, it just resonates so much with me. So that was one. And then so many of the other nuggets, like, you know, I still have the, I totally changed the open door policy. I learned that. There were smaller things that ended up opening up opportunities for others. That's what I want to talk about. Yes, because yeah. I'd like to start with the small things always, like the micro yeah. things, learning how to breathe, learning how to pause. Like we have another member also who told me, she's like, I know it sounds crazy, but the fact that I've learned how to breathe actually has helped me make more money in the company. Like, I know that sounds crazy. Like I paid you to teach me how to breathe, but like now that I know how to pause and breathe, I've actually stopped panicking and I look at opportunities in such a different way. So I actually want to talk about that. You know, how has created space impacted company profits, higher profit margins, revenue growth? Let's talk a little bit about that. Oh my goodness, when I say phenomenal, right? So there were other things that I learned. It, it's so many other things, and I'll give the example so that sure. it could make sense as to sure. how it opened up other opportunities. But right, so learning all those things personally that I'm able to be able to tap into myself and kind of breathe and and give myself grace and all those things we spoke about, like you know, gratitude and, and all of that, but theme days and, and time blocking. That was one delegate of the to elevate. Yes. That was one of the, the workshops. Yeah. Oh my yep. goodness. Oh my goodness. So so now, no, it doesn't make sense for me to complete those tasks. I freed up so much time with not having an open door policy. I am not available because I'm working on something. Theme days, time blocking, right? Breathing and, and kind of having those moments. My door is closed right now. People have tried to call, right? I don't, they've called and knocked on the door. I'm not available. Um, <laughs> and so they gave me back my time. They gave me back my time to spend with my family and to work on the business so that I could build it. And now, you know, I reduce my time. I'm still at one day, not in the office. And I'm working on a second day, not in the office. And I've also been able to uh, work on another like business venture because I'm actually working on transitioning myself from out of the business physically, uh, wow. physically being seated within the center. Wow. 
And I only have been able to do that because of all the things that I've learned that I've been able to implement. But not only that, I've also been able to instill new skills into my team so that they feel ready and feel empowered and um, personally feel more at ease with who they are and with the bound, right, having the conversations we had about manipulation and boundaries and so the, all of those terms that everyone wasn't familiar with help them become more of the individual that they want to be and the leader. So all of those things worked hand in hand, which allowed me to look at the business, build the business. We are, I told you guys, we're, we're really about 85, 90% full. I, I didn't. I thought we were going to transition into the school year. Nope. Most of the classes are full. So our profits, we had the best year. Our profit was amazing. We we tripled our um, income and our, we have this, um these metrics that we have that uh, looked at our team health and it was, oh my goodness, it was phenomenal. It went from a really low number. I can't remember off the top of my head. I think it was like a three to an eight. And it talks about just the team health. And um, so all of those things happened, which made us a better uh, business. So we're better financially and we are just better internally that sometimes other people don't see anyway, but we do. Yes. But we know that it's happening. And so what you're saying here, again, this is this is such a paradox sometimes. And I think it's amazing that you've achieved this is, you know, tripling income and increasing, you know, your most profitable year many times comes at the expense of the mental and emotional well-being of the team or at the expense of people's family and personalized, right? Like we're in growth mode. So it's, you know, there's there's a cost to it. So that's one thing. I think it's so powerful that it hasn't come at expense. You've done it in a sustainable way. The second thing is also recognizing that you have the space now to look at other business ventures, exiting yourself from the company, but you're not just looking at how to exit, how most people are looking at their exit strategy, which is what are my numbers? Do my assets look correctly? Am I going to be able, you know, what's the valuation of the company? Am I going to be able to sell the company? You're looking at it saying, who are the people that I have to put in place? What does their brain capacity need to be at? What does their emotional intelligence need to look like? What do their boundaries need to be? What do their leadership styles need to be? All of that so that when I exit, this place doesn't come crashing down. Exactly. I just think it's so inspiring that you've looked at those things and taken the, the just taken the content and implemented it in that kind of way. Um, it's just, it's so powerful. So I want to kind of bring everything out full circle. When you look at the vision for the future, six months, 12 months, you know, a couple of years from now, what are some of your next big goals that you want to continue to work on within schools of excellence, within, you know, yourself, the company? I think still continuing the self-work, of course, because, you know, having these moments where I could breathe and just have quiet moments and just quiet my mind. I think we've spoken about that because it will be times where it's like, oh my goodness, my brain. Is <laughs> I'm able to like dream and like, create the vision, right? Like I'm able to do those things now. Like, I don't know if I, I don't know if I said it at the beginning or not, but like, I am looking forward to this evening because I'm sitting in my backyard. I'm sitting in, I have it all set up. It's beautiful. I'm going to sit in my backyard. I'm going to enjoy it. And I have my magazine already on the table and then I'm going to have my note and I'm going to enjoy my Friday evening in my backyard, my beautiful space. So it allows me to do things like that. So my, Can I pause my, for a second and just say something yeah. there for a moment? Yeah. We work so hard for our money. We work so hard for our success and our wealth. We buy these beautiful things. We build beautiful backyards, you know, porches, pool decks, cabanas, um, whatever you're building, right? But we don't get to enjoy the beautiful, simple pleasures that we have in our life because we're working nonstop. And so I absolutely love that your magazine is ready in your backyard to sit and enjoy the beautiful space that you've created. And I'm excited about it. I know. I love that for you. I love that. I love that. So, yes, yeah, so you've had time to dream. Yes, time to dream. And, and so I'm going to be thinking about some things that, I'll be doing coming up mm -hmm. and I'll have time to do that. And then of course I keep sharing how I am not stingy with, you know, what I'm gaining. I want yeah. staff to be able to do these things, I, I, you know, so 
some something that we are implementing within the center ex exactly because we had this in one of our legacy calls a conversation around when do staff get to have these moments so we have a teacher who in her class created called it's called the chill spot and it's like a it's so beautiful and it has like a waterfall and a plant there it's so nice we're going to create one for the staff so during their downtime it's a quiet like when you come into the zone it's quiet right because i had staff last year like hiding out because there was nowhere to go you know for quiet so we're going to kind of I want to create opportunities and spaces for them to experience these same things. Our goals are so uh, based on core values this year and not a whole bunch of to do's, but we are also trying to create our own internal processes that helps to move the business forward, prepare for my exit, as well as um, be responsive to what's going on. Right. So there's a in the market. Sure. Sure. Exactly. There's a staffing shortage. So we're creating our own internal kind of track to get people who may come in and they may not, you know, come in with the credentials and experience. And so we're going to have a process that we're working on internally to, to kind of combat that so that we're still getting quality people who have a passion for this work. Those are our big goals, a lot more um, community work that's a part of our mission. So we are working on providing our families even more resources. And we, so we want to have some, some wellness um, workshops in our monthly family engagement meetings. So all of the things that I'm learning is trickling down so that everyone can experience them. I think I, what's, I don't know who says this, Warren Buffett or whoever, you know, um, never waste a good crisis, right? And so I think what's so powerful is in, in times of plenty, in moments when there isn't a crisis, too many times we take on more and more projects to do during that time, as opposed to using the time of plenty for pausing, for reflection, for optimizing things. And this is what you've really worked on for the last year and a half or so. Um, and so now we're ending a little bit of a volatile market, a little bit of just a lot of instability and certainty. And you are able to capitalize on these opportunities and say, let's build internal processes for the staffing shortage. Let's build more community and opportunity for our families in case, you know, different families come from different backgrounds or different stuff. Like you are able to step in as a leader in your space because of the space that you've created. So I just think what a gift you gave yourself and internalized are paying it forward in just one of the most generous ways. So my last question to you is, a lot of people consider joining our program. And there's a lot of people who are very hesitant when it comes to the investment, the, the investment of time and money. Mainly they're concerned about, you know, this is a huge financial investment. And so when you're considering having a conversation with someone who's on the fence about it, what would you tell them? I would really say, go back and take a look at, okay, think about the past year and think about all the things that your program has experienced your staff, your families, and those individually as well, because not everything is happening on our grounds, but things are happening to our staff personally that impacts the work as well, whether we want to believe it or not. List them out. What are all the things that are happening? What's the amount of time that you spent resolving issues? What's the amount of time spent on just trying to support someone, you know, a staff member, a family, or, or whatever? Yourself. Think about yourself. And then look at your budget as well. And think about what you are spending your money on. And then ask your question, can, ask yourself the question, can you afford not to? So we had to, I think sometimes we look at our budgets and I'm not sure, I changed the way that I look at my budget and um, mm. I put in consultants and I, I put those things in my budget, right? They're not usually a line item, depending on funding sources that people get. Um, I do have like a, a template where that's a line item. Because I'm sure we can look at our budget and spend less in one area and put it into this space that will ultimately impact the, the income level. Like, you know, yeah. it will end up being an ROI. So sometimes we don't look at how much it's costing us when we have to replace staff because they're not happy with the network environment or how much time it takes to recruit someone or, you know, all of those things cost time and money. So if we shift that, and think about ways that we could proactively invest in our staff and our program that is not short-lived, but it is a long-term, right? It, it may not be a long-term investment, but the ROI is long-term. Just look at it differently and think about what the investment could bring and not necessarily focus on 
that dollar amount. There's so much more that comes with it. You're not even thinking about. That's what it is, is that we think, oh my goodness, I can just get, I don't know how much everyone's professional development costs, but we don't take as many professional develop. We don't, you know, we are very intentional about what we do every single year. And these are the type of things that I want my staff to get because they can Yeah, but even things like, you know, and I love the way you're talking because, you know, sometimes it'll be like, I don't know, one of like our our events were once like $2,000 or something or $2,500 and like $2,500, I could buy three new sensory bins. I'm like, okay, sure. If that's what you're correlating, what's an investment. So I guess I'm curious, you know, when you hear something like that, because I hear that a lot, like I can buy my teachers all this new stuff, or I can, you know, have my teachers sign up and get their CDAs or whatever it is. Why is this investment so different than buying a new table or new markers or getting your teacher CDA? Why is this different? Because those are kind of like to do's, right? They're there to say that I did it, right? So we have the new sensory table, but we don't have the teacher who is well enough or even present enough to use it the way that it's supposed to be used. Or the markers. Right now, the markers, all the caps are off of them and they're dried out. Right. You have to buy it again. But if we invest in them. Right. And now they have a moment where they've learned to kind of tap into how they're feeling, building relationships with their co-teachers. And, you know, if they had these higher level experiences, now they can show up. And they can be more present with the children and they could balance because I I remember saying to my mom, it used to be the saying, you know, leave your home life at home or when you come to the door, leave it there. That is not realistic. But if we have tools that could help our staff and ourselves be able to, you know, kind of process and, and deal and learn about boundaries and all those things, then they become a better person. Therefore, they become a better teacher and a better staff person. And now they can interact and engage and play with the children totally differently. And just because we, on the line item, we purchased all of these things does not mean that they're getting used. The CDA, they have the paper, but do we actually see the result of what they learned from the CDA? And and so I, I think we have to shift how we look at it. Yeah, it's, 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 I always say it's like the indirect, it's the long, short way, right? I was talking with a friend of mine about how I really want to teach my son mind over matter, like really teaching him how his mind should rule his heart um, and less, you know, ruling from his emotions, but also understand and be in touch with his emotions. And I did some research and he's actually going to be taking horseback riding lessons. And someone was asking me, you know, why are you making that investment? Like that's a lot of money and, and, and all of that kind of stuff. And I said, one of the things I know about horses is that when you get onto the horse, the horse is one of the only animals that immediately feels your entire emotional regulation. So if you're scared, the horse is scared. If you're calm, the horse is calm. And so if I want to teach my son through an experience, not through a lecture, not through a PowerPoint, but through experience, how to create mind over emotion, get him on the horse, get him starting to practice it. Like that's a full... But that's such an indirect way of teaching him that. I don't care. That's the best way because now he's going to learn for life. There we go. (laughs) Lifelong. Yeah. Something I remember we talked about on the uh, leadership day about control, right? And and sometimes, you know, we want to control these situations and we want to control them when we put them in the room with this training. But when, when they walk out, it's like, you know, just because we wanted them to go in there and learn this, we try to be so passive aggressive and like, yep, I'm going to set them all up with a communication training. And they don't walk away. right? It's, it was a training where they were lectured at, but they didn't have a time. They didn't have time to really process or even dig deeper internally or get what it is that they needed individually. And Mm -hmm. I think that individual work is so much more powerful than sticking everyone in the room to hear about a topic that may not resonate or fall on deaf ears or the same way with children. If they hadn't eaten, then they really can't learn. So we don't know what's going on with that individual and we're sticking them in these trainings and we don't even know if they're getting the content or even if it's quality content. But when you invest in a program that, you know, it's really tried and true, especially again, I went through it first and I knew what it could, not that I was trying to control and make make my staff have yeah. a particular takeaway. I wanted them to get what they needed. So if we do it that way, it's much more authentic and it's a longer term investment. 
Yeah, it's so interesting, you know, because again, like the, the program is over the course of a year and, and most people renew year after year because it's a constant follow-up. It's coaching. It's following your life's journey. It's not just here's the content, now go figure it out. So I really appreciate you sharing this holistic approach to, yes, they have the sensory, even, but do they know how to use it? Do they know how to connect with the child? Do they know how to regulate their own nervous system when the kid starts throwing the sandal over the room, right? Like those are the next steps that happen afterwards. Aliyah, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for the generous, important work that you're doing in the world and in your community. I'm so grateful to have met you, to have built this relationship. And I really look forward to what's next. I'm grateful for this partnership. So thank you. I'm here. Thank you. I appreciate you pouring in to me and my team, right? Things that we didn't even know that we needed. So I'm excited. This isn't one of those things where I received all these things and I'm done, right? Like <laughs> there's so much more, right? Because two, all of this stuff also trickles into my home and how I even teach my children. So it is so full, you know, I'm so full. I'm excited and um, I'm ready for more. Yep. Awesome. Aliyah, enjoy your beautiful backyard um, and enjoy your weekend. And we'll talk soon. Thank you, my awesome. friend. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Aliyah. And I want to highlight a couple of things from the conversation. One is just her determination and grit to stay with the process and continue to show up for herself, even when things were really, really hard. And she has her director inside of our director's inner circle, and she is getting support inside of our CEO legacy group. And we took it a step further. We also did a full leadership day training with her entire executive leadership team where I flew to Philly uh, to train her team in person. And then we're having ongoing support throughout the year to support her leadership team. So there's so many different ways that you can continue to support your team, elevate yourself. And if you are thinking of, I need support, I need training for my admin team, I need training for me, I need training for my staff, whatever it is, I would love to invite you to apply to our Directors Inner Circle, our Owners HQ program. Um, and if that's not a right fit for you, you're looking for more an in-person training, a leadership day uh, where I come in person, then would love for you to send us an email to support at hani.me or cw at hani.me where you can learn more about our trainings and the way that we continue to support and elevate leaders and leadership teams. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. If you are loving the Schools of Excellence podcast and have gotten any value out of it for your school, I would love if you can do two things for me. One, subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. And two, can you please leave us a review? Reviews help other school leaders know that this is the place to learn how to build a school of excellence. And I would be so grateful if you can do that for us. Your help and support makes this show to be able to be listened by the thousands of other school leaders all around the world. Thanks so much for listening, for giving us your time and attention each and every week. And I appreciate that you have joined us. Hey there, I want to invite you to join me for the Strategic Summer Workshop on Thursday, May 30th at 1130 Eastern. You can click the link in the show notes or go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer. In this workshop, I'm going to walk you through how to optimize your already efficient systems or help you tweak some ones that need a little bit more tweaking to help you enter the 2024-2025 school year with ease, with success, and with calmness. Increase your profitability, reduce your expenses, and more than anything, just help you buy back some of your time. I look forward to seeing you there.